You're listening to the Chasing Fandom Podcast on the Random Chatter Network with your host, Chris McGuffin. One of the best things about attending conventions is all of the different kinds of people you can meet. Despite their diversity in backgrounds and interests, you're all united there for pretty much one reason or another. In the case of my next guest and I, that reason is Star Wars. Dan Vinard is a longtime listener of some of the other podcasts that I'm on, and we got to meet in person for the first time at Star Wars Celebration Orlando this past April. We quickly hit it off, and I knew that I would have to get him on this podcast as soon as I could in order to continue our conversations. Dan is an awesome guy, and it was a blast having the chance to sit down and talk to him. I'm absolutely <laughs> delighted to have my very good friend, Mr. Dan Vennard, on the Chasing Fandom podcast. Dan, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Chris? I am well, yes. Good to hear. It's It's been a little bit since I did a Chasing Fandom recording, so I'm, tr- I'm trying to um, get some more of those out. But it's, I find it kind of difficult to, between all of the podcasts that I, I do, to find time for this one, even though it's probably the one that I'm most passionate about. Um, so I'm glad that we can be having this conversation. I know we met each other at um, Star Wars Celebration in Orlando. Yeah. And ever since, I was like, man, I got to have Dan on the podcast. <laughs> and it's always fun to listen to you guys. I, I do love the Chasing Phantom podcast and all the other ones that you guys are doing right now, which is, it's good to kind of put a, a face to the name when you go down to the convention and meet everybody. Mm-hmm. I'd say, like you said, when you're doing the, um, kind of up to like podcast going up to Star Wars celebration, you were saying, uh, how you're looking forward to the social aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And that really got me uh, excited to get excited for the same thing. So meeting everybody from the podcast and some new people in the lineup at Star Wars celebration. Yeah. The, uh, it was, it was a good time. So why don't you just tell everyone a little bit about yourself, um, general fandoms, interests, stuff like that. Sure. Um, my name's Dan Vinard, as Chris said. Uh, I'm a big fan of Star Wars. Uh, I mean, who isn't nowadays? Uh, I'm also a fan of an uh, anime series called One Piece, uh, which is a pirate anime. Uh, I've seen, God, over, I would say at least over 100 different anime series and I do read manga from time to time, um, and I, I'm a Canadian, and I live and, and work in Toronto right now, which is pretty fun, and uh, yeah. Cool. You mentioned One Piece. That That is one anime that, and we'll kind of get into that here soon, but that is one anime that I just absolutely despise. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a lot to talk about, don't you worry. By the end of this podcast, my mission is to convert you. <laughs> Good luck with that, because I have seen the series before. Um, you might have seen one of the versions of the series. There's multiple ones? There is, and I'll explain that to you later. Oh, huh, interesting. So, yeah, um, this podcast, well, we, we kind of have a, a general topic of it, uh, and then I, I, I think uh, Dan is going to surprise me with some topics of his own mm-hmm. um, afterwards, but... 
the general focus uh, of this uh, podcast episode is going to be anime, and that is a subject that I don't really talk about too much with people, um, just because my interest in anime has has gone, well, up and down really over the years. Um, I used to be really into it growing up, um, and then it kind of died off, and then recently it's kind of gotten up a little bit, you know, just... It's it's on the upswing. Um, you know, it's it's a lot easier to to watch anime uh, nowadays. You know, with all of the online streaming options, and um, it, if it's not on TV, then you know you can go online pretty much and just and have your way with anything that you're interested in. Um, Dan, what is your experience with anime as a genre? So, as a kid, uh, I grew up with a couple of TV stations up in Canada here that uh, were always on TV. So we had, <laughs> when I was a kid, we used to watch Channel 25, which is YTV. Um, and that was basically just like, I guess it would be the closest thing is your Cartoon Network in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would play cartoons from most of what Cartoon Network had, except for a few, as well as they'd have stuff that was Canadian that would be broadcasted on YTV and like made by them. Uh, but they had all the, like, this... Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and Dragon Ball Z and Digimon, mm-hmm. those kind of shows. Um, those ones, as a kid, I really didn't realize what anime, like I didn't know anime was a thing. I just thought, oh, these cartoons kind of look a little bit more interesting and they have a little bit more like emotion behind them mm-hmm. and just a different like style. So it kind of pulled me in with Pokemon and Digimon and all that. I really got attached to uh, Dragon Ball Z. And uh, I I watched I've seen it many 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 times, mm-hmm. and uh, then I found out that there was something called Dragon Ball, which I didn't know about, which is a prequel. Um, it, it was made before, but uh, I never watched it. So I watched those. Um, we had another station called Fox Kids, mm-hmm. and they had shows on that network like Beyblade, Fighting Fudons, Shaman King. And shows like that. I think Digimon was on that one now that I remember instead of um, YTV. But they had a lot of similar kind of shows between YTV and Fox Kids. But you'd watch them pretty much every day after school. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would have been in like 1998 up to like 2005, I would say. They were running pretty strong. YTV still a thing up here. Fox Kids kind of disintegrated into nothing. Um, and they kind of morphed into a a network that a lot of people in the anime community and like uh, manga community really know it's for kids. Mm-hmm. And that one, uh, we watched the kids cause we really didn't have much else, but, uh, they did, uh, the original dub of one piece and Yu-Gi-Oh and they did Pokemon for the longest time too. I don't know if they're still doing it. I think there's another company doing that right now, but yeah, they, there's been a lot of anime over the years that I've watched, but none that I find gets more into um, the characters or uh, like modern day, like our reality. It takes things from folklore uh, in every type of culture. It takes things from uh, our physical environment and puts it into a manga in a way or an anime in a way that just kind of wraps everything into this massive story. Mm-hmm. All about pirates. So it's kind of, it's kind of a fun fun show i love it 
You mentioning things like Four Kids and especially Fox Kids brings back so many memories. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this has nothing to do with anime, but uh, I remember um, we had Fox Kids here. It aired, I think, in the mid to late 90s, um, kind of in the early 2000s uh, on weekdays and Saturday mornings. That's where I would watch Power Rangers. And yep. I remember there was the animated Spider-Man that I would watch. Um I honestly can't remember any of the other names of the shows, but I'm sure that if someone would say, oh, yeah. How about Beast Wars? Yeah, Beast Wars. Beast Wars. That was some really good good times. Oh, childhood. (laughs) All the nostalgia. That is the only time that I can ever recall I would wake up on like early on Saturday mornings at like 7, 7.30 to watch the new episode of Power Rangers. I didn't have an alarm. It was just natural to me. Do you remember what uh, Power Rangers it was? Oh, um, Lightspeed Rescue or Time was, Force, actually, Lost Galaxy. Um, I remember watching the original Mighty Morphin series on weekdays. Yep. Okay, and then I think it was with In Space when I saw the um, or when I really got into the Saturday morning thing. Uh, after that was Lost Galaxy. Uh, and Lightspeed Rescue, and then when Time Force started, that's when I um, kind of got out of Power Rangers, just Fair because enough. I don't I don't remember why I did, because you know usually you would think that you know I was still around the age where I would enjoy it, but um, maybe scheduling or something I don't know. But I think yeah, school and life gets in the way a little bit. Yeah, coming back, they, they had also taken it off of weekdays, mm-hmm. so fair enough. Yeah. Going back to, uh, like, how I got into it, too. Um, so that was, like, the foray into my, like, elementary kind of years. Mm-hmm. But as I got into high school, I really didn't watch any anime until I met um, one of my friends from high school. And he introduced me to a series called Bleach, which I don't know if you've heard. I have, yes. It's a very notorious and, like, I don't know, just infamous series, I guess, in a way that, like, just in the anime, I would say, like, half of the anime series is pretty much just filler episodes, so nothing that has to do with any of the actual story. So what anime normally does is they take um, work from a manga artist. So manga is uh, like a Japanese comic book. So Bleach is written by a guy named uh, Kubo Tite, and uh, he uh, writes the story, and then um, over time, the animation department at the company, I think it's can't remember the company that does Bleach, but they would make the episodes based on the comics, right? Mm-hmm. And when they were catching up to the uh, manga, what happens is they add these episodes called filler episodes, which basically don't happen in the manga, but happen in the anime. Between arcs, usually, or within arcs, sometimes. And uh, what happens is a storyline happens, maybe some big stuff happens in the in the filler arc, and then after the filler arc, it just continues on to the next arc in the manga. Mm-hmm. But everything that has happened in that filler arc is like a dream. No character remembers it. It never gets referenced again. So there's this big thing in the fandom that really a lot of people don't like those kind of filler. Whereas other shows, um, I would say like One Piece does a, a alright job. Like They have suffered from the same thing in the past where they have just kind of inter-arc filler, but there's something called um, 
um, implied filler. And the implied filler is basically when there's panels in a manga, you don't always get all the action in the manga in the, in the panels in the comic. So what they do is they kind of mix those scenes up in the anime and add the scenes in between. And that would be something called um, implied filler because it's implied that that action happened. So it's not too bad. I remember growing up, um, there was the <laughs> Dragon Ball Z saga um, about Garlic Jr. Oh, God, that was a filler. And that was filler, <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I never had a problem with it, but I know there were people that absolutely despised it. <laughs> yeah. there. I mean, if you go back and watch it now, most of it doesn't hold up for some of the old old anime filler arcs and stuff because as much as they have creative minds, it's just you really can't sometimes do justice to the person who's created it and knows the characters and everything. Mm-hmm. So... It's it's a very it's a very touchy subject I find in anime, um, but a new thing that's kind of um, come out of the anime culture um, is a company Funimation, and they do a lot of the English dubbing over of the uh, Japanese animation, and there's stuff called simulcasts now in simul dubs. So what they'll do is they'll the night that it airs in Japan, they'll bring it into Canada and the United States and the countries that they have. Uh, licenses with and they'll subtitle it and then they'll also dub it so the subtitle comes out the same night but the dubbing usually comes out i would say like a week or maybe a couple weeks later maybe a month for the episode mm-hmm. and a lot of the seasons now of really popular anime like attack on titan or um a new one that came out not too long ago was um uh gundam iron-blooded orphans which was I found a really good series. They're usually about twenty-four episodes, so um, I find the ones that are kind of seasoned anime that have you know twelve episodes in a season and they happen once a year or every couple of years, the animation quality goes up like skyrockets. There's no filler, and they're able to cover the material in a very proper and spaced out way within within the animation, which is quite nice. Mm-hmm. So definitely, definitely something that to look up, like there's websites like Funimation and Crunchyroll that subtitle them. Um, Funimation does the dubs for most of the anime in North America now, uh, which kind of runs into the One Piece thing. So um, One Piece itself was dubbed when you probably watched it as four kids Mm -hmm. or even um, ocean dubs way back for like Dragon Ball and stuff. And the quality of um, English dubbing has gone up immensely over the over the years, and Funimation is definitely the like the cream of the crop for a lot of the dubbing. And they've taken over One Piece, and they've actually redubbed all the old stuff from what Four Kids did, and they've also um, continued on to most of the most of the content so far, including movies and whatnot, and done like theater releases and stuff, which is quite cool. Your introduction to anime kind of reminds me of mine in a way. Um, I remember growing up in around 2000, 2001, um, and I don't know how familiar you are with some of the uh, U.S. channels and lineups, but um, on Cartoon Network, we had the Toonami weekday block. Yep. And that had, oh, God... um, 
early one I remember it had things like it had Dragon Ball Z, um, Inuyasha. It did have Inuyasha, yes. Sailor uh, Moon. Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a few Gundam series, and that is really what I remember uh, as my introduction, especially Dragon Ball, just because um, I, I loved Dragon Ball Z so much. Uh, oh, I, think yeah. I, I think I got into it when the um, Namek Saga was first airing. So okay. uh, that's pretty early on. Yeah, it was early on. Um, I actually remember uh, Goku's battle with Frieza at the end of the Frieza Saga, um, which lasts for way too many episodes. Very many. Yeah. Um, I was actually out on the episode where he was. Uh, going to kill Frieza and, um, or actually technically Frieza ends up killing himself, but uh, or technically <laughs> he doesn't die, but that's, there's a lot uh, of things that happened in, yeah. in Dragon Ball so, Z. I was gone and I had to have my mom tape it for me. So when I would go home, you'd have uh, it on VHS, I would have it on VHS. And I don't know if I still have that or not, or maybe it was taped over. Um, yeah, that, that nice. was, when I got into anime, thanks to Dragon Ball Z, um, I was a big Sailor Moon fan. I don't remember anything about it. I just remember loving Sailor Moon. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm in the same boat. There were some other uh, anime that I just, I, I unfortunately can't remember off the top of my head. Um, one of them, uh, I, I watched a little bit of Inuyasha, um, Yuroni Kenshin. Mm-hmm. Uh, although... My favorite anime to date is probably, well, in the U.S., uh, it's called Case Closed, but everywhere else it's called Detective Conan. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you remember that? Yep. I, I actually have never seen it, but I've heard of it for sure. It's one of those pretty staple anime that uh, a lot of people have seen. Yeah, have you seen Full Metal Alchemist? Uh, I've Bits and Pieces. Um, that's okay. one that it always aired at night on uh, Cartoon Network's Adult Swim block. Because so it's just, pretty adult content, yeah. Yeah. So I, I never, unfortunately, um, got into that. Although my stepbrother, when we were growing up, was really into that. That was his mm-hmm. favorite anime. So it's a very um, it's it's one of the kind of like the hallmarks, I would say, of, mm-hmm. of anime for sure. You mentioned filler earlier. <laughs> that's something that. I struggle with with Detective Conan because I used to actually because uh, I watched Case Closed the English dub and they got up to about probably almost 100 episodes and then it wasn't that popular just because it, it aired on the Adult Swim block so yep. um, it wasn't it, it didn't get the uh, popularity that in my opinion um, it deserved but. Um, I watched that and then I got into the manga of it because uh, that started coming out here in the States. And I think I have like the first, I think I got up to volume 30 or somewhere around that. Um, I have a lot of them. My goal was to eventually get all of them, but then I got into college and (laughs) uh, I had to stop, unfortunately. But um, maybe one of these days I'll, I'll get back into it. I don't know what volume they're on now, but that anime has like... I don't even know what episode they're they're in the hundreds. Oh, um, definitely because it's been going on since like the mid nineties, and it has obviously not all episodes are um, you know story based. Uh, there's way too many 
uh, filler episodes. So I, I did watch the, um, I think they later on dubbed some more of the anime up until like episode 130, just to catch up with the movies that Funimation was releasing. Yep. Um, cause there are movies of the series as well. And, um, I think that's where they stopped, but there was a time where, uh, there was this, uh, group that, cause th- this was before, um, cause now, you know, we have, we have things like, uh, Crunchyroll with, which actually, um, provides, I don't even know how many titles they have in their catalog. Um, quite a few. Yeah. But they do a lot of the, you know, the simulcasting with the subs and, you know, it's all official content. So, you know, you don't have to rely on this, on the, on the fan subs anymore. Um, but back in the day, that is how I had to watch, uh, you know, the Japanese versions of Detective Conan. And I think I, I remember finding a list of all of the, uh, uh, story-based episodes of the show. Um, and I did catch up with it and then, uh, I, I would watch it. I, f- I found a website that would, um, upload because this one group did all of the subs for it. And I remember there was this, one of the many anime watching, uh, websites would upload, uh, all of the episodes that this group would release and I would watch it. And then I, I think that, you know, continued probably up until college and I had to stop. <laughs> um, but then I think it was like maybe two or three years ago now, I got back into it and I found another list um, where I could catch up. And unfortunately, I've not watched it in a long time. They do have uh, some of the recent seasons or the recent uh, episodes on Netflix, which is fine because, um, you know, they have their own subs there as well. But it's difficult for me to sometimes sit down and have to, I mean, I love watching anime, especially this one, but sometimes, you know, I don't know Japanese, so I have to like pay attention to the screen. Yep. And you know, sometimes that is a little difficult to do. I find um, when you watch enough anime, the, the subtitles, like the, the viewing, the subtitles and watching the actual content, mm-hmm. it gets a lot, you get a lot better at uh, discerning, like kind of what the mood is of the scene and like what they're trying to say and that kind of thing. Yeah. So being able to read really quick comes definitely with, with time for, for watching anime if you're watching subs a lot, which most, I would say a majority of the people that do, like are in the, the anime scene are definitely, uh, watching subs for sure. Yeah. Um, the, you're talking about Toonami, right? Yeah. Um, One Piece actually aired on that, which is where you might have seen it back in the day. Yeah. Um, it, it started in, uh, 2005, I believe, and ran until, for about three years. And then it was um, uh, taken off. Uh, but it was recently on, actually, Adult Swim not too long ago. Um, it was put back on in um, 2013, 2014, and just ended this year, actually, in March. Uh, they took off to make room for other series. Mm-hmm. But uh, definitely they've, they've done a lot of uh, work with uh, Funimation to bring shows onto their, onto their um, the roster of, of stuff for Toonami. And it's still it's, it's come back from uh when it was canceled in 2008 as a like a channel Mm -hmm. so it's definitely something that um i i definitely have seen when i went down to the states to see my my grandparents when you're watching like cartoon network and stuff like that as well yeah i remember um when 
because you, you mentioned Tsunami got canceled in 2008, and I, I didn't watch it at that point just because the, the shows just weren't my cup of tea, and um, I, I feel like there was a time where, you know, it was not, it was like right before the whole streaming sensation kind of started when it comes to television shows, um, and, you know, with, with the dawn of high-speed internet uh, at the time, I think people just kind of went to other avenues for their anime fix. Um, Definitely. I remember doing that as a high schooler too. And, and they didn't, you know, really have a reason to continue Toonami anymore. People just weren't watching. Exactly. Um, when you can stream online, right? Yeah. But when I, I will never forget, I think it was 2013, uh, on April fools, um, adult swim did a, they brought Toonami back for one night and it was nice. amazing. I, I stayed up until like three o'clock just watching uh, it in the morning, watching it just like I, nice. I used to. Um, so it brought, it brought back memories for sure. And then they eventually, uh, like a month later brought it back, um, fully with, uh, its own block. So, which is, I didn't still know that. Today. That's pretty cool. They're showing, um, I, I try to watch it on Saturdays when I can. Um, unfortunately, I'm a few episodes behind on the shows that I watch. Uh, I, I mainly watch um, Dragon Ball Super yep. and um, Dragon Ball Z Kai, just Definitely. because I, I love the uh, the kind of nostalgia of the uh, the Boo sagas for uh, Dragon Ball Z. But and they're all voiced um, by the original voice actors for them too. Yep, which is great. The original uh, Funimation voice actors. I'm not too worried about missing Dragon Ball Super just because um, the movies that they released recently, Battle of Gods and um, Resurrection F, actually cover pretty much the first two seasons of Super. Exactly. So, yep. mm-hmm. um, I, I'm not too worried about missing that right now. And, you know, I could go and watch the subs because, you know, it's going to take a long time for them to... Um, to get up to where, yeah, to get up to where they are now because, you know, I was used to watching DBZ every single weekday on DBZ, yeah. but, you know, it's once a week and I don't mind that because I can deal with it and it, it gives me time to catch up if I, if I, you know, miss some episodes, but, um, it does kind of bug me that, you know, I, I don't, I would, wouldn't mind watching the subs, but it's just, I, tell you I the love truth, the dub so much. That's the one thing that I found, like when I, you were talking about the um, the website you found to watch Detective Conan. Mm-hmm. I did the same thing when I found One Piece. I'm like, what is this show? I remember it so much. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this show's amazing. So I watched through it all again um, from the beginning. And um, it turns out that like switching from a dubbed version of an anime to a subbed version of an anime, sometimes it takes a little bit of getting used to to kind of get used to the voice change. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the time they don't match the same voices like... For example, Goku in, in Japan uh, is voiced by a female, whereas yeah. in uh, the United States, he's voiced by a guy. And it's a very different voice for, for Goku. So if you're very attached to the character voice of Goku, then listening to it in Japanese, you'll definitely take a little bit of time getting used to it for sure. But it's not it's not too hard to do if you have the right mindset for sure. Yeah, that that is definitely me. Um especially with DBZ, just because that is, I mean, it's characters that I've known since I was a little kid. So exactly to go from that to sub voices is just, it's just odd. Mm-hmm. Um, it was easier for detective Conan because, um, I, I think that their 
actually, that's, that's actually a really good dub in of itself, but, um, the Japanese voices also really seem to match the characters quite well. So, and, you know, I could switch between those two with no problem, but, um, yeah, I, I definitely see your point with that. So what is some recent anime that, um, you've been watching or, or you might recommend, you know, not, not like, a uh, an ongoing show, but maybe something that has appeared. Seasoned anime. Yeah, that's that's appeared in the recent uh, recent years. There's one that I actually it just came out I think this year or just the past season, and it's it's kind of interesting in in its own right. So it's called um, the Saga of Tanya the Evil, and it's a very unique show in in the fact that it's. Um, basically it follows like, I don't know, a, a young girl, maybe 10 or 13 years old in a, um, an alternate reality where, um, it's kind of like during world war one or world war two. Um, and, uh, it basically takes place for this, this girl is like a super smart genius and she gets promoted in the military. And it just so happens that in this world, in this dimension, um, there is magic. So imagine World War One with magic involved, and you're following the German side. Okay. That and she's this this general, this Tanya the Evil. Uh, she is like the most intelligent commander and like strategist, uh, strategist, and um, yeah, it just it, it's a very interesting show, and it has definitely a lot of curveballs it throws your way in, in the fact that um, it's not what you expect at first. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely one that I've been watching. It's only about 13 episodes or so, but it's actually not not too bad. Um, one that a lot of people have watched that I haven't had a chance to yet is Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Um, and it's basically, as far as I can tell, this... Uh, maid that's working with or for somebody and she's part dragon and it kind of goes goes through that which is interesting sorry i I know for me um i go through phases with my anime um when i have the time to watch it that is yeah Uh, I, I, i know that like you know sometimes i'll be into like the more action stuff um you know, sometimes they get into like the sci-fi or the or the uh, mecha subgenre. Um, sometimes I think want something in that's like just a a slice of life type thing. Yep, um, I've I've watched those too. And it's just it's it's so weird to see so many anime that I I would probably enjoy to be honest, but um, it's just it's difficult to find the right one, and you have to be in the mood for it. And you know, sometimes mm-hmm. they're they're long and you know, you don't want to get too much into it because then it practically consumes your life. <laughs> yep. Now the interesting thing that I find is a lot of people, um, and my sister is guilty of this too. Ever, like ever since I got into anime, like pretty, pretty hardcore, I, I would watch anime and she would always make fun of it and be like, you're just watching cartoons. You know, you're in high school. What are you doing? And, uh, eventually she started watching anime and the thing that I found that really brought her into it is she realized that anime is just a, a different medium in which to tell a story, right? Mm-hmm. You could watch a movie, you can watch a TV series like a live action, or you could watch an animated series like The Clone Wars. Um, 
that kind of thing. Or you can watch an anime. And the thing I like about anime and, and manga that you really can't do anywhere else is you can convey a lot more in this kind of format than you can with CGI effects, mm-hmm. you know, on a, on a lower budget for sure. But you can also make it look very, very um, pristine in, in its own right for the animation quality. The different genres, like you're saying, there's horror, like very, very morbid TV series, uh, anime series. There's a slice of life, so you can follow through like a high schooler's um, travel through through their school or um, see like a different dimension, such as like what if magic took over instead of technology or mm-hmm. in Full Metal Alchemist's um, mind, it would be what if alchemy took over instead which is kind of cool it gives you like a different perspective on stories that have been told before mm-hmm. um and there's some pretty interesting things like all of the um all the animated movies that have been released recently for funimation they brought out the like you said tbz movies in theaters uh the one piece movie in theaters and a couple other um newer movies that have come out in japan they've dubbed over pretty quickly and released them into theaters in the united states and canada um, and have pretty much like sold out every every time for, for most of their theaters, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It's so. it's definitely good to see that because I remember um, growing up, and this was still at a time when anime had was still really its its own kind of like subculture here in the United yep. States, and it had, it hadn't really taken over like you know in the mainstream, like you might see some Dragon Ball stuff in a store, but you know, you were lucky to see it because it was, it was more of a rare thing than a, than a common thing. And they would bring over some of the, um, uh, popular Japanese movies, dub them and put them in, uh, some of the more, uh, highly populated area theaters. I remember thinking of things like Howl's Moving Castle, yeah, um, all the all those um, all the movies that um, Studio Ghibli made; mm-hmm. those are definitely very, very, very popular. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, there's you know, anime in a in a movie theater. Like, I don't care, you know, what it's about. I want to go see it." But I, I, you know, where I lived, we didn't have you know a theater that was um, showing it, so it was always really disappointing. But um, you know. I remember a couple years ago when uh, the Dragon Ball Battle of Gods movie came out. I saw that in theaters. I saw Resurrection F in theaters. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm in a college town in West Virginia, so, yeah, we're more populated than, you know, most of the other places here in the state, but um, it, it's still not a place that I would expect to see an anime, even one as popular as DBZ. But, hey, I was I was fine with it. Yeah, no, definitely. There have, um, there have been some, though, that I just can't get into, um, no matter how popular they are. Attack on Titan is one of them. I was so excited for that just because it looks visually very impressive. It's um, very stunning, yeah. And I, I was, you know, pleased with the general plot outline, but I watched it, and I just, I think I got maybe to, like, episode three or four, and it just didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. And that- There's one series that I would definitely recommend. Um, I just want to add this one in there. It's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. 
Oh yeah, I've seen that. Um, that is an amazing series. I think Toonami broadcast that. It's possible. Mistaken. It's very very popular. It's uh, four seasons right now, um, and they basically it follows a, a lineage of the Joe Stars, which is a family, and it goes through from like the 1800s, late 1800s to modern day, and it follows the lineage of each of the JoJo's, the Joe Stars, mm-hmm. through the lineage, and it kind of tells the family story. It's very it's very unique in that way where it kind of is intergenerational. And it definitely has a different feel for each season, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's something you really don't get a lot with anime. I mean, yeah, you know, the stories are different, you know, as you progress into the season. But generally it follows, you know, the same plot, the same characters. So, um, yeah, yeah, that that's something that I, I wish more, not just anime would do, but just television in general. Um, it might make for more variety than what we're mm-hmm. getting right now. There's another series that has come out, uh, I would say semi-recently. It's One Punch Man. Mm-hmm. I've heard and of that. that. It's, it's a very, it's only 12 episodes, but I believe the season two is coming out either later this year or next. And, uh, it's, it follows the tale of a, a guy, uh, named Saitama who has the ability to defeat any of the evil, like, villains in One Punch. So you get these most ridiculous villains that come from, the underground or just some guy that comes up and he's like, I'm super powerful now and no one else can defeat him. And one punch man or Saitama walks up and just punches him. (laughs) And he's, he's pretty much bored with his life because he has no challenge. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you follow his, his journey through 12 episodes and it talks about all the other heroes that he, he meets along the way. And it's, it's very, very humorous and it kind of plays upon all the anime tropes. So, it's very, very funny as a, as a series, and it's very well animated since it's a very, it's a seasoned anime. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's got the animation quality to back up all of the, the awesome story in, involved in that show. Kind of switching gears just a little bit. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you go to anime conventions, is that correct? Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up. I, uh, have attended a convention that's in Toronto. Uh, right by the airport called Anime North, which uh, takes place every May on the last weekend of May. And I've been doing that for six, seven years now. And uh, anime conventions, if, if you guys aren't familiar with what a convention is, a convention basically is um, uh, an organization will rent out a convention center or a big kind of um, area that they can host merchandise uh, vendors. They can host panelists. Uh, guests like voice actors or uh, people from animation studios or translators, that kind of thing. And they all come together and just basically for a weekend live in hotels, go to the convention center, see people dressed up in costumes, which is called cosplay, and uh, just have fun. There's parties, there's games, there's many, many, many things. And uh, Anime North is run by a very amazing group of people that donate the proceeds to, um, uh, I believe it's a Children's Wish Foundation, which is pretty awesome. And it's about 30,000 people every year. It's I think it's capped around 30,000 people. Mm-hmm. So they, um, they definitely do a very good job, and they've been running for a long time now. I don't know how many years exactly, but they've been running for enough time to kind of nail down what a convention is. 
Um, and there's another convention in Toronto that comes every year at the end of August or beginning of September, depending on how the days fall. It's called Fan Expo. And it's basically Canada's Comic-Con, like the San Diego Comic-Con type thing, but for mm-hmm. Canada. There's, I would say, over 100, 150,000 people that cram into the convention center every year. But, uh, yeah, no, it's it's a great time. Um, I've hosted a panel at the Anime North uh, convention for the last three, four years. It's the One Piece panel. And I've helped out with the, the photo shoot, too. So, basically, um, people get together for a photo shoot for a specific series, um, like Full Metal Alchemist or Dragon Ball Z, and people just dress up as all these characters from the series. Mm-hmm. And we do, like, different shots. So it's like, these characters from this arc come on up and we'll do a huge shoot. And we can, you know, act out a scene, like, kind of hit pause on the scene so it looks like you're punching Majin Buu or <laughs> whatever, right? And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great time. And we always have a huge turnout for the, the One Piece photo shoot. And uh, it's it's always a blast. It really is to kind of go to a convention and just kind of, you know that you have something in common with all these people. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing I love about Star Wars Celebration. Not only are you there because you love the same thing as everyone else, but everyone is there literally for the same exact reason that you are, Star Wars. Yeah. Right? So. I know an anime convention is something that I've always wanted to go to. The closest mm-hmm. thing that, I mean, I really got to that was... Um, New York Comic Con, and you know that that's not even probably anything close to what a, what an anime convention would be. I mean, it's it's somewhat similar, but um, I, I would really like to go to an anime convention at some point, um, even if it's not you know one of the uh, larger ones, just to kind of see what it's like and yeah. um, see how much it compares to something like Comic Con or Celebration. Just you know, something different. Um, if you ever have the chance to come up to Canada, I mean, your exchange rate's pretty good right now. You could get a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. You're more than welcome to come up to Toronto and experience the convention that way. It's not too crazy. Like San Diego Comic-Con or New York Comic-Con, they're pretty big. Mm-hmm. So maybe a smaller convention would be a little bit more um, a good four-way, foray into into the world of anime conventions for sure. One thing that is kind of re Eh, I, I, yeah, I'd say they, they'd, they've re-sparked my interest in anime. It has been Team Four Star. Yeah, you, know, yep. you know who they are. Yep, they're um, a dubbing community that it's a fan community mm-hmm. or a fan, um, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, company or organization that does dubs, fan dubs for like Dragon Ball Z and mm-hmm. and shows like that. And they'll basically abridge a series. Yep. So they would take what would be 10, 15 episodes sometimes in Dragon Ball Z at least and condense it into 20 minutes or less of an episode on like YouTube or wherever they, they host their website and they just dub over the voices. So you get the same story, but it's a lot more funny. Usually they add a lot more comedy into the scenes. Um, but yeah, team four star actually came up to anime North this year as guests. Yeah. I, just kind I of saw cool. that just cause I, I follow them pretty regularly um, I do watch all, I've seen all of DBZ abridged, uh, and I watch their, uh, TFS gaming channel on YouTube yep. and, uh, I know they had a few of their, um, uh, staff members go up there and voice actors. Uh, that, that's one thing that I would, I'd actually love to have them on the show at some point. Um, 
you know, at least one person to talk uh, to, yeah, to talk to you just because I, I'm fascinated by that community and, um, you know, how they got started and, and what it's like being, you know, you're, you're not technically a professional yeah, voice actor yeah. in that regard, but you're pretty much, you, you pretty much are because, you know, you take it as seriously as the people that, you know, dub the actual show. And, you know, some of these, uh, some of these uh, guys that, um, are on the team actually have done voices for some of the Dragon Ball games and a few other Funimation properties. Exactly. So I, I just, I find that incredible. They're officially unofficial celebrities in the anime world. Yep. Exactly. There's another company or, um, YouTube channel anyway called Something Witty Entertainment. And they do a series called Sorter Online, which came out a little while ago. And it is off the walls funny. It's, it definitely brings Sorter Online into a better light than what the uh, community paints it as for sure. A lot of people find it as a, <laughs> a really weird show in, in its own right, but uh, the something Woody Entertainment uh, cast and crew do a very good job to bring the humor of modern day into, into that uh, world. Mm-hmm. So it's it's funny you mention um, uh, Sword Art Online <laughs> because <laughs> that was a show that actually premiered on Toonami. I think it was 2014 ish. Yep, um, sounds about right. And I got to about episode ten, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I stopped watching it because um, I think something happened to where I had to stop. I don't remember what it was, but I know, I know it was something in a story or like in, in real life. Would you in say? real life? Oh, okay. Okay. And it's, it's on Netflix. Um, and the sequel series is also on Netflix and I've been meaning to go by, back and watch it, but everyone for some reason makes fun of it or, yes. or puts it in a bad light. And I don't yeah. know why <laughs> maybe it's I, just, it's something that to, happens later in the series, but I think it's because since it's a season show, um, it's not based off a of manga. It's based off a light novel, as mm-hmm. far as I know. Um, and the the community, like, there's a, a small group of people that really love Sword Art Online and love the idea of it. And for those who don't know, Sword Art Online is basically, imagine a world where VR games actually take you into the world that you're, you know, playing. So if you're playing in a Star Wars universe on a VR game, not only would you be in that world, but... You would be able to feel things, you'd be able to taste things, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you can actually kind of be immersed completely into this into this world. But what happens is they somehow get trapped in this world and they can't get it. So that's the show premise. But a lot of people give it flack, I, I believe, for various reasons, including just some of these story plot points that happen. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but uh, like, so there's some things that are, I would say... Um, that are, are questionable for some people. Um, mm. I personally thought it was an all right series. Um, if you haven't seen it fully through, I would watch the first season um, and then watch the the bridge series on YouTube because it honestly makes it so much better. Mm. So yeah, definitely give it a shot or you can watch it in lieu of, of watching the actual series. Either way, you'll get the good story. So, yeah, it's it's been on my Netflix list for however long, <laughs> yeah. for however long that it's been uh, on there, and it's just you know one of these days I'll get to it. Um, I'll, I'll get in the mood for 
you know, a good anime show and I'll put it on. I might have to start from the beginning again just because I remember basically what was happening, but, uh, you know, it's only, what, a 20, 25 minute show, so it's not. Yeah, usually anime are about 24 minutes. So if, I mean, I, I imagine that a lot of the people that are listening to this, um, aren't anime fans or if they are, they're, they're not, you know, deep into the culture. If someone wants to get into that, um, what is like some good starting points or, or even if like they don't have like a general idea of what they want to watch, what, what is a good way really just to find themselves not too deep into the culture, but, um, a starting point, but yeah, just, you know, where, where should they, where should they begin? Um, it really, like, I would recommend crunchyroll.com. They, it's a website that you can sign up free. And you can watch most of their content that's not, like, anything that's the new season stuff, you can't watch unless you're a, a member right away. Uh, but you'll see, you'll have ads and stuff in there, but you'll have access to hundreds upon hundreds of anime series. Um, and they sort by genres, so if you are specifically looking for, like, a horror series or anything like that, you can cl- click on it, and you can click on multiple um, uh, genres. So you can be like, I want to see an action-adventure comedy or I want to watch a fantasy-type anime, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and you can watch it. A series that I would recommend for, I would say, like high school age and above, would be Final, or Final, um, uh, Full Metal Alchemist. That's a series that, no matter who you are um, in like the anime community, you have a special love for Full Metal Alchemist. It's a very good way to kind of get introduced into anime. It brings into uh, play a lot of emotional and serious aspects of uh, war and um, just in general, just life. So it kind of gives you that foray into, into the anime world stuff that I would also recommend as a, as a shorter series, probably um, Jojo's Bizarre Adventures is a pretty, I would say gruesome show. So for those that have the, the strong the strong stomach and um, are able to watch something like that, that's a definitely another one that I would watch. The the ones that I really kind of would say to kind of get into is like Fairy Tale or like Bleach or if you haven't seen Dragon Ball, any of the Dragon Ball series. Those ones I'd say I would say are pretty tame in in most aspects uh, compared to the other ones I mentioned. They're a little long. So if you do get if you do like it, there's a lot to to kind of absorb as you're watching them. Um, they're very like they're kind of like the staple they call shonen series, which are um, made for like little not little boys but like kids that are growing up in Japan that love uh, anime. It's kind of their staple series. So those those shows I would definitely recommend to kind of get started. Full Metal Alchemist being definitely the the top one to watch because it's not it's not too too bad but it does have some very um, brutal parts in it for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think too one thing to import one thing to remember that's important is that at, at least where I've lived uh, is you know anime is one of those things that. It's almost like things like sci-fi or just nerd culture in general. Um, it's something that if you like it, you you may feel it, it's childish because you know it's a cartoon. 
Um, right. And, you know, you generally associate cartoons with kids. But anime, I found, is, is one of those things that um, has really taken off in terms of it, there's something really for everyone. Uh, even there if, is. Even if you aren't really a fan of the story, you can watch a series really just for its art. Um, I know that's something I've not done that, but I know it's, it's a thing that people do. And I, I definitely recommend, even if you are, are worried about your perception of being an anime fan, or if you're just like, Oh, that that's stupid. Why would I ever, um, watch something like that? I, I mean, I, I find enjoyment out of it. It's, it's one of those, it, it's a different kind of, um, entertainment medium. medium. Than yeah. what we're used to, uh, with live action stuff. And, you know, it's, it's also, it, it separates itself from, you know, the kind of cartoons that are shown on Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely recommend if you've not watched anime or if it's something you've always wanted to get into, um, check it out for sure. Yeah, no, I, I definitely recommend it. If you find a series like the series that I mentioned, there's stuff that I like and I've, shown to my cousins and friends and stuff, and they like them too. But it just so happens that that's the case. Um, so the series that I mentioned, you might not like at all. It might not, mm-hmm. it just might be stupid to you. But you'll find, if you find, a, like you said, Chris, if you find a genre that, that really connects with you, that you love horror and you love watching horror movies, find a horror anime. You yeah. might you might find something that you kind of, you know, you connect with on a, on a certain level. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely a fun medium to get into if you have time, mm-hmm. but that's the thing. It's a steep cliff into the land of anime. If you yeah. uh, are getting into some deep series, like a 800 episode long or so one piece kind of show. Yeah. In other words, don't get into detective Conan unless you're committed to the long haul. <laughs> exactly. I think, yeah, I think one piece is around like 752 and I think Conan's around there too. It's, it's, mm-hmm. Some crazy, crazy long anime. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, Netflix is also a good way. If you have a Netflix subscription, um, they don't have, you know, it's not, uh, their library is not as large as a place like Country Roll, but it's still a, a good place to start. Um, yeah, I think even Hulu has some places, or has mm-hmm. some anime on there, too. So Yeah, um, and Fullmetal Alchemist is actually on Country, or on uh, Netflix, actually, too. Mm-hmm. So you can watch it there. For sure. So kind of to get off the anime track, you told me that you had some uh, topics mm-hmm. planned, and I have no idea what these are or, or what they will entail, so um, I'll trust you, though. I'll trust your judgment. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a question. I just wondered what podcasts you listen to. Like, I know that you create them, but is there any podcasts that uh, you listen to that you would recommend for other people? Oh, man. Um <laughs> I know I listen to very, very, very wide library of podcasts. Yeah. So, um, well, it's funny you say that because I do listen to. I, I've calmed down on some of the podcasts that I listen to. I used to listen to a bunch of Star Wars stuff, and then yeah, so did I. I I don't now just because I get I I'm listening to the same stuff that I would talk about on Echo Base. So it's just I I love some of the people that are in the Star Wars fandom, but. Um, I just, I just can't anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I will support them. Uh, there's plenty of, uh, Star Wars podcasts that I, I do support. If you are, it, 
I, I will actually go ahead and say some of the recommendations, even though I don't listen to them uh, regularly anymore. Um, aside from Echo Base, that's the number one that I would recommend. Um, I wonder why. Also, yeah. <laughs> um, there's also uh, Far, Far Away Radio, um, Full of Sith, The Star Wars Report, Coffee with Kenobi. Um, if you're into the uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron books, uh, I have some friends that are doing Rogue Podron, which they're going through each of the... Um, each of the novels in that series and doing podcasts about them. Uh, I've not listened to it because I have not read the books, but from what I understand, it's a very, very fun and interesting podcast to listen to. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are just the ones I can think of off the top of my head. That's star Wars. Um, non star Wars though. uh, It's very, it's a very broad taste. It's not nerd stuff. Um, I listen to bad wolf radio, which is a doctor who podcast. Um, I'm a big Manchester United fan, uh-huh. so I listen to, um, three Manchester United podcasts, uh, those being Red Voices, which is my favorite, uh, also the Manchester United Redcast and United Rantcast, I think is the other name of the third one. Okay. Um, I listen to a podcast called The Politics Guys, which is a Republican and a Democrat, um, friends, uh, discussing the ever-changing world of politics here in the United States. (laughs) Ever so controversial. Yeah. I like that one because um, it is a... It's just two guys talking politics from both perspectives. That's pretty cool. Um, So it's it's not just one side or the other, so that's always nice. Um, Another big favorite of mine is Seinfeld, which is a Seinfeld podcast. Um, Two guys actually... Isn't that show done? It is. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, isn't it done by now? It is. Yeah, it's it. It finished. It went. It ran from like ninety or eighty. It was either eighty nine or ninety when that premiered uh, to ninety eight. But these guys are lifelong uh, Seinfeld fans, and nice. um, they go and they're they're doing a retrospective of each episode, um, all one hundred and eighty of them, I think. Okay. Uh, there's oh god, I should know this. Um, I think there are nine seasons of Seinfeld, and I'm pretty sure they just started season eight on their podcast. So cool. they, still have a, they still have a ways to go. But um, we actually had uh, one of the hosts, Matt, on Echo Base um, a while back. So. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah. that. Um, I also listened to uh, The Nerdist by Chris Hardwick. I watched. Um, I listened to that one, too. There is a soccer podcast, a general soccer podcast I listen to called The Total Soccer Show, uh, which I also recommend. Um, and there are some others here and there that I'll that I'll check out, but those are the ones that I uh, pretty much listen to every episode of. Yeah, The Nerdist is really good because he does interviews with celebrities, actors, uh, musicians, and everything, and comedians. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you listened to the last latest like Bill Burr episode. I haven't, no. I, I work at a um, a desk, basically, 9 to 5 for the summer, and listening to the Nerdist podcast, I actually cracked up laughing at my desk <laughs> out loud, and I had to pause the podcast to calm myself down because everyone's looking at me like I'm funny. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. It's a great podcast. If you ha- have about an hour or so per episode, he gets yeah. into some pretty detailed – it's just like sitting down with a celebrity and just talking instead of an interview where it's like, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite acting that you've done? That kind of yeah. stuff. It's more just let's 
just talk about life and just see how you're doing. And mm-hmm. it's a very, it's a very well done podcast. It's funny that we mention it because, um, that's actually probably one of the two main inspirations for this podcast. Yeah, no, um, I can definitely see the similarities for sure. Was that, you know, it's always fun to have, you know, not necessarily celebrities on, but just anybody just not to just interview them, but just to kind of talk and, uh, you know, get, get a different perspective that you might not otherwise get. I think that's something that is severely lacking in most of the quote unquote mainstream podcasts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's Chris is, if I ever get to talk to him, I will say, Hey, just so you know, we share the same name, but we also share, you know, similar visions when it comes to what we want to do. So for sure, uh, I, I would definitely thank him for the inspiration. There's a couple podcasts. I just want to shoot out there. Um, some from your network, uh, such as the, the old, I guess the old retro combo that was on the network a w- little mm-hmm. while ago. Um, that's a great one where they talk about like retro movies, TV shows, games, that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, reply all. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Uh, it's by a studio called Gimlet Studios. Um, and they basically just talk about something on the internet. So one of the topics could be, um, one lady, they have a segment called Super Tech Support, and they try and help someone with computer issues. And it turned out that this week they had, uh, or the week that they had it on, the lady's pug was stolen by the internet, her dog. And they kind of super tech support her and try and get her <laughs> dog back. It's pretty funny. Um, the Star Wars podcasts, uh, I think you missed this one, but I know you listened to it. It's a Star Wars blaster cannon. Yeah, 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 yeah. By uh, Megan uh, Zaff and Chris Paul. Paul. You're Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And one of the last ones I would recommend, if you guys are getting into anime and you need a companion for that kind of stuff, um, specifically One Piece, there's something called the One Piece Podcast, which is the first podcast I listen to, and there are over I think 500 episodes now, so or almost at 500 episodes. Wow. And, uh, yeah, they've done it for since like 2009 when podcasts were coming up as a thing. Mm-hmm. So those, those ones I would definitely recommend. And if you have a, an itch for a podcast, type something in on search, um, on like podcast apps and stuff and see if you can mm-hmm. find something that kind of fits, fits your, uh, your itch. That's actually how I found Signcast was, um, I was, I have this podcast app on my phone and I was looking and I was like, I need something new to listen to because I, I was at an internship um, at uh, our state museum last summer. And I pretty much, at the time, I was doing just a lot of data entry. And I, I would sit there and I would listen to music, but um, it would just get so tiring Anonymous. listening to music over and over and over. And I was like, I got to listen to podcasts or something. Um, and I didn't have Wi-Fi and I didn't have cell service either because I was underground. Um, technically. So, uh, I was, I needed a podcast. And I was like, well, I don't really like anything that I'm currently listening to. You know, what are some of the other interests? And Seinfeld is my, one of my favorite shows, um, of all time. And I found it and I was like, this seems fun. <laughs> so I started with episode one and, um, 
after the first season of Seinfeld, when they get into season two, they start playing clips from the show. So, and you know, I've seen most of the episodes. I don't even know how many times now. Um, so I will sit there and, you know, they'll play a clip from the show that they're talking about because they go through it scene by scene. And I just sit there and start laughing to myself, <laughs> laughing to myself, um, just cause it's so funny. But and you can, I think the best thing about shows like that is you can actually, if you've seen the, like the series, you can actually remember this episode and play yep. it back in your head while you're listening. I've done that definitely for some of the podcasts I listen to when I'm doing data entry right now for the summer. Definitely the, the same, the same kind of, uh, same kind of podcast format for sure. Mm-hmm. Fun stuff. Yeah, no, podcasts, honestly, if you have, if you're doing a long commute, driving or on the train or bus or something, going for a walk, podcasts are a savior. For sure. I love, I love all the podcasts. So what, now, what else is on your mind? I did want to, um, talk about video games. Okay. I'm not sure if you play a lot of video games. I can't remember. But there's a few that kind of, I've been playing recently that uh, are actually quite fun. I was surprised to to find out for sure. The uh, I don't know if you have any game systems or if you have a computer that you play games on or anything like that. Um. Okay. <laughs> I used to be a really really big gamer. Um, okay. I would pretty much have every system uh, to a point. Uh, it that kind of died off with the. Um, Xbox 360 and PS3 generation. Okay. Uh, I did not like the PS3, so I just had a 360. Um, and then in the current generation with the Xbox One and the PS4, I am ignoring all of the Nintendo stuff that's not handheld. <laughs> um, I unfortunately have not been able to get a next-gen system yet just because there's nothing... Well, money is one thing, but I also... Um, have never really saw a need to have it just because, you know, I used to really be into like RPGs and first person shooters, but I kind of not necessarily RPG, but I definitely grew out of the whole first person shooter thing. Um, I'll I'll still play games like halo, but just, you know, mainly for the story purposes, but like I, I only still have a 360 and um, that's what I play all of my games on. And unfortunately, the only thing that I really play now is uh, FIFA soccer, just because um, everything else is kind of bland to me. I mean, there's a lot of new games that I would love to play, but um, I just, again, I don't have the system. Yeah. I do have I, a PS4, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I do also have a gaming PC. Um, recently, I got together with some friends, and uh, one of my friends brought over his laptop, and we started playing a game called Jackbox. I don't know if you've heard that. I've not. So Jackbox is it's a party game. So what you do is if you have a, like a big TV or something, you can hook your laptop up to it, so you can have it on the screen there. And think of like a game show type thing, but in a kind of board game format. So what you do is you start up the game, and um, I can't remember the name of some of them, but there's one that's like sound effects, and so they'll give you a sentence saying like. In 1945, this happened, and this also happened. So now you have to come up with two uh, sayings that you have to come up with. So you can type them in on your phone, and then it sends it to it. 
Um, so everyone logs in with their phone, and then whoever um, gets the most votes from everybody that's playing wins. So it's kind of in the way that game specifically is kind of like Cards Against Humanity, but in a different format. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole bunch of games like that where you can, like I said, sound effects. You can do something similar to Cards Against Humanity, but you're pairing two sound effects up with something that's like Grandma walked into a bar, and then you have to come up with two sound effects. Mm-hmm. And then it plays the sound effects, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. And there's and that's for PC, and that's uh, there's Jackbox 1, 2, and 3, so there's a lot of games you can get through those. So if you're ever looking for party games and stuff, that's a really fun one because you can have up to, I believe, eight people per game log in with their phones. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a game that I know uh, Lou, uh, who's on the network, he played when uh, he bought his PS4 is Battlefront. Yeah. I was very, very, very big into that game when it first came out because it looked stunning. Um, but I think I fell into the same trap where there wasn't really much else except for just online play. Um, the one game mode that I did like for that one was Fire Squadron. So you're basically piloting for the Empire or the um, Rebels. And you can pilot an A-Wing or the Million Falcon or an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter, TIE Interceptor, or whatever. And uh, you can do it that way. And it's fun to play with friends, but apart from that, I did I did fall off pretty, pretty quickly because I'm not much of the first-person shooter anymore, mm-hmm. much into those. So those are some games that I have uh, I've been playing semi recently. Um, the other one is Final Fantasy X. I don't know if you've ever played that one. I that's did. An, that's an old one. Uh, I played that as a kid. I was probably around eight or nine, um, and I believe we're the same age. So you probably played it around the same time when mm-hmm. it came out. And I never got through like the first quarter of the game because uh, it was my cousin's game, so I could only play when I saw him. And uh, my sister got it for me a couple years ago for the PS4, and I never got around to playing it until the summer. And so I've been playing that with uh, my girlfriend, and we we found that she has the old strategy guide that you could buy back in the day. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> so we're using the strategy guide to kind of find all the secrets and stuff, which is fun. So one of us is, like, kind of controlling the game, and the other one's kind of guiding us through, like, GPS style through the, the guide, which is kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, Final Fantasy X is... It's one of the ones that people kind of hate, I, I think, but it's got a sweet spot in my heart because I played it as a kid. So I've been playing that one recently as well. So, yeah, I remember it was around the time that I got my PS2, and I was at uh, the store, and my dad, growing up, because my my mom and dad were divorced, so my mom is the one that really bought me everything. My dad, he saved everything, like, anything that I wanted, it'd be, like, a Christmas or a birthday present. Like, if we went to, like, the game store or the bookstore or something like that, I'd be like, Dad, can I have that? He'd be like, you gotta wait for Christmas or birthday or something along those lines. Uh, Very rarely would he get me something just because. Um, But this was when I first had the PS2, and he knew that I didn't have a lot of games for it. So, one day we were at the store, and I saw Final Fantasy X, and I knew... Like, I had played a few of the Final Fantasy games before, but it was this was, like, the first one that um, I really got into as as far as, like, my own... Because I'd watched people play RPGs before, but this was, like, the, my really my honest-to-God first introduction to it. And uh, so I said, hey, can I have Final Fantasy X? He said, sure. So I went home. <laughs> I... I <laughs> 
I was still young enough at the time that, you know, RPGs and stuff like that, I would, could get into them sometimes, but, like, other times it was a little too complicated for me. So I didn't play it. Like, I played it, and then I, you know, it just got off to the side because, you know, other things um, took up my time. But right. then just a, a few years later, I was like, I never did get to play Final Fantasy X, so I'm going to start it again. So I did. And I don't know how far I got into it, but um, there was this point, and I don't even remember where I was in the story, but I, I was pretty far along, I know. Um, but I got into this part of the story where I had to fight, um, it wasn't even, it was like a mini boss, but it, was, it wasn't even like a, a huge battle. Um, and I remember the enemies like poisoned the characters or something. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't, I didn't have a, anything that would, you know, heal that. So if I'd get poisoned, um, You'd in die. the middle of the battle, I would pretty much die because my, yeah. char- my characters weren't strong enough to, um, beat them. I mean, I, I had done some grinding, but, uh, aside from that, you know, there was not much else to do. Well, I was at a point where, there were no enemies in the area to fight and I couldn't backtrack to do any of the, uh, any of the, um, grinding, grinding. So I, I was, it was pretty much at a point where I was stuck. Yeah. And I hate there when was no way I was going to restart the game. And that, I think it was, I had a couple saves, but that was the most, that, that was the one where I was furthest along. And the one that was, uh, it, it was just too far back for me to want to, do it again so i I gave up (laughs) now that i know you've played final fantasy 10 i have to ask you this very important question okay did you ever play blitzball yes i hate that game it is so bad yeah Um, mechanics are just so bad for the controls yeah and the first game you play you're not meant to win it but if you do you get some good items Mm -hmm. and no matter what you do your team has the lowest stats, and then the enemy team is the best in the pretty much in the game as a team goes. Yeah, and they just completely decimate you, and it makes you like you know you can't win, but it makes you frustrated that you can't even try. Mm-hmm. So Blitzball, for those who have played Final Fantasy X, know the the struggle of Blitzball. <laughs> it is a it is a horrible mini game that you can play in in the universe, but uh, never again will I ever play Blitzball. Yeah, I, I feel like Final Fantasy is one of those that, if it has a mini game in it, then it might not like be prepared because it might not be the best thing in the world. Right, right. Um, yeah, whew, that does bring Man, bad memories. <laughs> just now, you don't want to play it ever again. No, <laughs> I, I did forget to mention. I know you're a big uh, music guy. Yeah. Um, there's a podcast that I found. And it's called Song Exploder. And the cool thing about this is the guy that runs it, he does an interview with a musician about a certain song or an album. Mm -hmm. And they basically take the one track or whatever and break it apart instrument by instrument and verse or verse by verse, I guess. Um, And they talk about what inspired them and like what, how did they come up with this composition and that kind of thing. So it gives you a really cool in-depth look at certain songs that you might have not heard before or musicians that you've not heard before or ones that you've listened to all the time. So that's I'm cool. going to have to listen to that because yeah, that sounds, it sounds fascinating. It is really cool. It is really cool. I know um, 
the Rebel Force Radio Network has, um, I don't know if they still do it now, but uh, they had Star Wars Oxygen with David Collins, and he would break down the Star Wars scores, and that man, I will, I'm going to have him on either this podcast or Echo Base at some point, because he is just one of the best minds when it comes to Star Wars music, I think. I would love and to hear I just, that. I love to hear him talk about just not only just Star Wars music, but just music in general. Um, yeah. Given that that is one of my big interests and that I'm a musician myself. So nice. What do you yeah, play? Um, I play the trumpet. Well, interesting. Okay. I, I say play because I've not played it in probably six years now, just because <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I played it one year, my first year of college. And then um, I didn't stay in the band Unfortunately, but no more um, time when you're in uh, college. Yeah, it, I pretty much all of the good interests that I had, uh, but when I got to college, just died. Like books, uh, discovering new music, playing video games, TV. Shows, Why would you want to read anyway. books when you're reading textbooks? Right, oh. so much more interesting. Yeah, <laughs> you can say that so. again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, I know that I had the same thing happen to me where like I couldn't watch anime, I couldn't read books, I couldn't. You know, do do much else except for listen to music really while I'm studying. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, classical music while studying actually helps quite a, quite a bit. Yeah, I love listening to music and doing. You know, if it's studying, then you know that's one thing. But like any kind of like work that I have, I, I love listening to. Um, I like jazz. Uh, you know, some of the singer songwriter of that age, classical. Mm-hmm. Um, more, more of the mellow, soft stuff. You know, I can deal with, uh, like my, my go-to rock music, uh, sometimes, but for the most part, I like more of the laid back stuff. Um, if like I'm, I'm trying to concentrate on something, uh, yeah, that's, I, I definitely music definitely helps. That. Yep. Yeah. It gets you in the groove for sure. Now the next topic I, I really wanted to ask is I, I couldn't come on this podcast and not ask this question of star wars okay in general why do you hate jar jar binks so much i don't hate jar jar binks oh you don't no. i thought i thought you and lou both did no i don't mind jar jar actually uh um, i love jar jar uh <laughs> i think that's lou that that you should be asking that question to um uh, okay yeah i don't mind him honestly i mean I'm obviously, and I think you are too, of the generation where we grew up with the prequels, and yeah. that is our Star Wars. Um, in fact, Episode One was the first movie that I, it wasn't the first Star Wars because I, I did see Episode Four or at least parts of it um, before Episode One. But you know, that was the first time that I, I truly got into Star Wars, and you know, Jar Jar was just another character to me. He wasn't, you know, this. He was a comic relief. Yeah, he wasn't this bumbling idiot that people just call annoying. I mean, yeah, he's not going to appeal to the adults, but Star Wars isn't meant to appeal to the adults, arguably. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't mind Jar Jar, and even you know, the only time he was ever annoying was in the Episode One video game. For the PlayStation and PC. Oh my god, I remember that. Um, there is a level where, cause you control, Ob- well, do you ever control, yeah, you control Qui-Gon, uh, I think on the Tatooine levels, but for the most part, you are Obi-Wan for that game, and you have to uh, oh, travel through the, uh, Naboo Swamp, 
and yep. catch up with Jar Jar, who is like talking to you the whole time. And some of the puzzles and the platforming is awful. Horrendous. Yeah. So that is the only time he's ever been annoying. But for the most part, okay. he and you know, even the rest of the Gungans, I don't mind. Um, yeah. So, so sorry to disappoint you a little with your. No, I I forgot it was just Lou. I knew uh, Tim. He's a huge Star, uh, Jar Jar Binks fan too. Oh, yeah. He he makes me laugh every time he brings it up. <laughs> when when he played that Misa back. Yeah. Oh my god, that was perfect timing. <laughs> perfect timing. It was great. But uh, yeah, Jar Jar definitely. Like, I watched four, five, six before. I, god, I watched those at least thirty times before I see saw episode one in mm. theaters. But, uh, yeah, episode one, I would say definitely better than episode two. It's definitely got a, um, a warm place in my heart as a movie. Mm-hmm. And Jar uh, Jar Binks also does. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely like um, episode one the most when it comes to the prequels, as I'm sure you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, the uh, episode episode two was interesting. I'll leave it at that. Ugh. I can't stand episode two. <laughs> I will. I will watch. Every, Pretty bad. Like, once Anakin and Padme get to Geonosis, uh, tracking down Obi Wan, I will watch that. I will also watch um, the Camino sequences with Obi Wan. Those are the two best parts of that movie. But everything else, I just oh, I can't stand it. Just how about the part with C three PO getting his head knocked off? See, everyone hates that, and I don't mind that either. I thought it was pretty funny. I love C-3PO, so, you know, I I would rather have that than Jar Jar making poo jokes. Yeah, oh my god. But, um, yeah. Um, I, I, I think that people hate on the prequels for all the wrong reasons. Like, there are legitimate... Definitely legitimate flaws of all three of those movies, but no one ever talks about them. Right. It's always like, Oh, Jar Jar this and three PO that. And I'm like, okay, but we can actually talk about flaws in the story and the way it was presented and stuff like that. But nope. Got to go to the I, same, same cliche. I do have to say in episode one, Anakin has wheels in everything he says to Padme. The first line he says, are you an angel? How, like, that's better than anything I've ever come up with as a pickup line. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, he, he married her at and, the end, so. And the, the funny thing is that, yeah, you know, that's a very, like, in a way, cringeworthy pickup line. It's pretty bad, but it's also hilarious. But he has reasoning behind it. It's like, oh, yeah, like, that's for, like, a, I don't even remember how old he is, like, 10 or something in that movie. Yeah. Um, that's clever. Like, I don't even remember the exact line, but. Um, you know, he'd heard about angels and he's like, in a way he's probably like, you know, he's like, Ooh, this, you know, girl that's older than me is attractive. Like I'm going to, you know, hit on her, but he's literally asking, are you an angel? Because I've, I've heard about, you know, this, this myths of pretty girls and, or pretty beings and they're called angels and you are pretty. So are you an angel? You must he, be. He right. has logic behind it. Exactly. So it's it's funny in its own right, for sure. Oh, so how about that sequence of Jar Jar with the uh, eating the fruit and Qui Gon catching his tongue? That's oh yeah, I, I love that part too. See, those are the parts that make me laugh, and I'm sure they make Luke cringe. 
<laughs> probably every time. Not. He probably fast forwards them like you fast forward through episode two. Yeah, it's not bad though. Although my my biggest complaint, and it's sad because I used to love episode three. That used to be my third favorite Star Wars movie. Okay, and because. Um, Back when that came out, it, my my order was pretty much episode five, episode four, episode three, uh, in terms of my preferences. But um, it's just it's not aged well, and the fact like once I saw some of the behind the scenes stuff of it, I'm just like, why, why, why did you have to use so much green screen? Why couldn't you like oh, yeah. build some of these sets? Like I don't care if you use green screen or or non-practical effects that's not the problem the problem is when like the the anakin um obi-wan fight now like back then in 2005 looked awesome amazing oh yeah yeah that's computer that's computer that's computer that might be real but everything else is computer and it's just it it doesn't doesn't look good anymore which is definitely a testament it's definitely a testament to uh, George Lucas's uh, knack for technology. He just loved bringing technology into film. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's sad too because I mm-hmm. could watch Episode Six, the end battle in space above uh, Endor with the uh, second Death Star. Visually, it will it still impresses me to this day. And you know, I can watch the original version. I can watch the most recent Blu-ray version. It doesn't matter. It's still like it just blows my mind at how good that looks and how well that holds up. It's because of the detail they put into the models. Yeah, right. Those models, every little piece, just it's so much detail. Especially when you throw it into like a Blu-ray, you just see it. It just pops. Mm-hmm. And you know, with when it comes to like the episode three and a little bit of the episode two stuff, it just doesn't have that same feel. Like. With with Star Wars, the original trilogy, and even Episode One, um, and this might be why I love Episode One so much. I feel like I could see myself walking around some of these places, and um, you know, like when they're on Naboo, and you know, in the hangar, or you know, on Tatooine, or something. Yeah, you, know, you know, some of the stuff was sets. Tatooine was filmed uh, on location, so obviously, you know, I could film, you know, relate to walking around those kind of environments. But with Episode Three, especially, it just felt. I mean, yeah, it's sci-fi, but the beauty of Star Wars was that you always felt like you could maybe put yourself in that kind of environment. Like you, when you watch Episode Four, you feel like the Death Star is this giant place that is just almost never-ending, and right. you feel like you can walk around there and and see yourself there. But I I don't get that feeling with Episode Three. Um, thankfully, I did with Seven, in a way. But um, I think that's just that's just really a testament to technology, and it's not George Lucas's fault by any means. Um, I actually, and this is something I've been thinking about recently, with uh, E3 having just occurred. You know, we're seeing all of these new games. I remember when the Xbox 360 and PS3 were first coming out. I was seeing some of these games that were being released uh, for the first time on these consoles, and they just blew my mind at how good they looked. Yeah. But now we're kind of getting to the point of each new console generation. Yes, there are some that are, like, games that are released now look much better than games that are released in 2005, 
but there's I, I feel like some of the wow factor has dissipated because there's not we as expect much more. of a line. Yeah. yeah. We expect more and it the the graphics are just getting so so real looking mm-hmm. and with all the different motion capture that we have now because I, I remember um seeing like someone's actual mouth moving in the way that the words are said mm-hmm. in a game when that first came out everyone was like oh my god how do they do that but now it's pretty much like if you don't have that in the game it's a knock on the list of critics right like they, exactly. that's the first thing they go to so if you don't have all the technology that you've put into the game that other people have in the past you're falling behind mm-hmm. and now it's going into vr which is really interesting yeah did you see the uh, star wars vr at the uh, wwdc for apple i did not okay you have to look this up on youtube uh when you get a chance but uh the new max basically you can add an external uh graphics unit to it Mm-hmm. and uh, they're able to run some VR things, and Lucasfilm was brought up on stage to display this, and uh, you're basically on Mustafar, and you can create your environment, like things in your environment and stuff, and I don't want to spoil it because it is a cool video of what you can do with VR right now, but uh, definitely watch it for those who haven't seen it. Just type in WWDC uh, Star Wars. You'll find it immediately. Okay. Um, but it is a really cool video, and it and it really makes me want to get a VR kit just for that. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely going to wait until they bring out some other stuff uh, that's a little bit more involved for VR, and when it's more affordable. Yeah, VR is one of those things that I'm just it's I'm fascinated by it, but you know it's it's too much money, <laughs> too much commitment right now. The thing that I don't get is a a PlayStation Pro, which is the the new PlayStation Four like upgraded version. Mm-hmm. In Canada, is about four ninety nine, in Canadian dollars, and um, the PlayStation VR, which you can get separate for the PlayStation, is five hundred and forty nine. Oh wow! So it's more than the console itself, hmm. and that's for the Pro Pro kit. So like, if you have a normal PlayStation Four, you're paying three ninety nine. Yeah. So I, I don't really understand the pricing behind it right now because it's I guess it's new tech, right? So when new tech comes out, they'll make you want to buy the stuff at the highest price. So when it comes mm-hmm. down, maybe maybe then. Because I do want to try that X-Wing VR mission from Battlefront. Is there anything else that you have uh, lined up for me? <laughs> um, I believe... That's pretty much it uh, for, for topics that I've come up with while working uh, my 9 to 5. But um, the the one thing I was going to ask you was the um, – what was it here? I cannot find my note that I made. <laughs> I, have a whole bunch of, I have a whole bunch of sticky notes that I have at work. And as I'm working through the day and listening to podcasts, I'll write down ideas that I come up mm-hmm. with and I – have like 30 notes here and none of them have what I was going to actually ask. But yeah, that was pretty much it. I had one more question, but I can't seem to find it. Well, hey, if you uh, think of it, you know where to find me. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I can just send it to you on Twitter. There you go. There we go. Speaking of Twitter, uh, if people want to <sighs> chat with you or follow you on your Twitter, what is your username? So I have, I have, Two accounts that I, I use. Um, I have my main one that I use for my like personal uh, Twitter that I like Star Wars stuff and all that kind of thing on it. Uh, it's at Daniel D A N I E L 
the letter J and my last name V E N N A R D. So it's at Daniel J Venard. The other one is the one I used to I, I use for when I stream games on Twitch, and that's at um, I C H I B A N K E N S H I N, and that's Ichiban Kenshin. Interesting. I didn't know you had two. Yes, actually, I have many, and uh, yeah, they all have different purposes. So, what what do you usually stream on on Twitch? So, I have uh, I have streamed in the past PlayStation Four games because on the PlayStation Four you can actually um, hit share and just like stream right from the console mm-hmm. uh, to Twitch or to Ustream. So, I've streamed Tomb Raider, I've streamed Battlefront. Um, I do play mobile games on my phone. So, um, like I said, I was a, I'm a huge One Piece fan, so there's a One Piece mobile game you can play, and there's a, a small community that uh, that does stream it and, and stuff. So I'm, I haven't streamed in a while for that game because I don't have access to my desktop to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. But those are the kind of things that I, I kind of play. If I have a game that I'm playing on the PS4, I kind of do like a, a little bit of a playthrough for it and, and talk to people in chat. And it's always fun to have those live streams, mm-hmm. getting everybody in the same room talking at the same time about the same stuff is pretty fun. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Twitch is one thing that, um, if I was as into video games as I am, some other things, I would probably stream on there all the time. It is so much fun, but I just, again, it's a, it's a time thing and I don't have the resources nor the energy to do it. (laughs) Exactly. I know. That's why I honestly, I haven't done it for a while because a, I don't have a desktop. B, if I did have my desktop, I don't have time to do it right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, Dan. Well, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Um, this mm-hmm. has been a very fun talk, and I know I'll definitely have to have you again on the future. Thank you, Chris. So, once again, thanks to Dan for joining me for this episode of Chasing Fandom. If you'd like to get in touch with me about this podcast or this episode, you can reach me by email at chris at randomchatter.com. You can also find me on Twitter at The Curse of Chris. If you want to follow the Random Chatter Network on social media, we have our Facebook. It's facebook.com slash randomchatternetwork. Our Twitter is at randomchatter. The Twitter for this show is at chasingfandom. You can subscribe to this show on iTunes or the network as a whole. Just search Chasing Fandom or Random Chatter and you will find us. Please leave ratings and reviews. Helps get the word out about the podcast and the network. Anything you'd like to tell us would greatly be appreciated. If you're interested in supporting the network financially, you can find more information about that at patreon.com slash randomchatter. Finally, music you hear in this podcast is The Geeks Will Inherit the Earth by iFightDragons. Go check them out at iFightDragons on Twitter. That's all I've got for you this time, so thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Take care.